1: go next to
0: Listeners and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. You're listening to a clip of Better Place by Timmy the Boy, a singer songwriter from Alliance, Ohio. Timmy is our featured Ohio music artist tonight, so hang out with us to the end of the podcast. We'll tell you more about him and let you listen to that entire song. But right now, let's throw another log on the fire campers. Let's dig up a new Ohio mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with me is our award-winning journalist, Paula Schleiss, who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories for the Akron Beacon Journal.
2: Hi, everybody. In 1929, people were calling Arthur Ford the greatest American medium of the century because he solved a Harry Houdini riddle. Ford went on to spend years as a household name and peaked again in 1967 at the age of 71 when he went on TV and conducted a seance with Bishop James Pike, giving him a message from his dead son. Pike reportedly was impressed. Now, Ford was from Florida. We are doing an episode on him because a website, skepticalinquirer.org, recently did an article picking apart one of the seances that he did in his lifetime, and it involved a couple from Canton, Ohio, who lost their only son in a tragic U.S. Air Force accident. And since we like a good paranormal story as well as anyone, we thought we'd share with you the story of that seance, which so impressed the Ohio Father that he said, Our lives were changed from that time on. Arthur Ford was a man with many layers. He realized his psychic abilities during World War I, claiming he could hear the names of soldiers in his head several days before they died. After the war, he began traveling the country, promoting himself as a spiritualist trance medium controlled by Fletcher. Fletcher was a boy from his childhood who died young and, according to Ford, returned to him as a spirit. Ford eventually settled in New York City as pastor of a spiritualist church, but he continued touring to take advantage of the very popular mentalism movement going on. He would do hot and cold readings of people in the audience or attempt to read sealed messages handed to him. He really jumped into the national spotlight, however, in 1928, That's when Bess Houdini, wife of the famous escape artist, started attending Ford's seances. Harry Houdini had died two years earlier after a crazy stunt. He'd been in his dressing room at the Princess Theater in Montreal when someone asked him if it were true that his stomach was so strong a punch couldn't hurt him. Houdini invited the man to try, so he repeatedly punched Houdini in the gut with some very hammer-like blows until Houdini stopped him. Houdini went on to perform that night, but was in great pain. Two days later, he was diagnosed with acute appendicitis. He ended up dying of it on Halloween of 1926, and to this day it remains a mystery as to whether the blows caused his appendicitis or whether the blows were merely the result of him getting medical attention that discovered the appendicitis. Now, Houdini made a living as an illusionist, but he detested people who took money from grieving individuals under the pretense that they could speak to their loved ones on the other side. He spent much of his adult life campaigning against psychics, hunting them down, exposing them. He once even testified at a congressional hearing, saying fortune-telling for profit should be criminalized. Despite his skepticism, Houdini and his wife Bess devised a secret message that would be used by whomever was to die first— to test whether it was really possible to communicate from the other side. And after Houdini died, Bess held a seance every Halloween for the next ten years, hoping Houdini's spirit would show up. She also offered $10,000 to anyone who could produce for her the coded message that she and her husband had devised in secret. She didn't have to wait long. Soon after becoming a widow, Bess became an Arthur Ford fan. A year after they met, Ford claimed he was able to contact Harry Houdini's deceased mother via his spirit guide Fletcher. And a year after that, he said he talked to Houdini himself and had a special message to deliver. Then he told Bess the coded message. It involved some ritual movements, asking Bess to take off her wedding ring and reciting some words in French that was a code to spell out the word believe. At the time, Bess told the press that Ford was spot on. She even signed a paper to that effect. Now I mentioned Ford was a man with many layers, and not all of them virtuous. In 1930, he was in a car accident that killed his sister and another passenger. He became addicted to morphine while recovering, and his addiction grew to include a lifelong battle with alcoholism and a lifetime of medical problems. We can only guess what Sir Arthur Conan Doyle meant when he once said four was, quote, a stray into nightlife and unsavory adventures. And yet, that same Doyle, the Sherlock Holmes author who was a veteran spiritualist himself, was also impressed with Ford's seeming paranormal abilities. After attending a demonstration of clairvoyance in London, Doyle said One of the most amazing things I have ever seen in 41 years of psychic experience was the demonstration of Arthur Ford. As Ford's fame increased, people from all over the United States sought him out, usually mourners desperate for word of their dead loved ones. Ford had file folders of requests from literally every state in the Union. One day, in 1964, he chose an Ohio couple to bestow his talents upon. David and Mary Jones lived in Canton, and they were grieving the loss of their son, Martin Crawford Jones was 22 years old and an airman second class with the Ohio 41st-57th Strategic Wing. He was serving at Eielson Air Force Base near Fairbanks, Alaska on February the 27th, 1963, when an air refueling craft carrying 50,000 pounds of volatile jet fuel exploded One minute after taking off from the base, it killed the seven crew members and two other men, including Martin. It took three days for the Air Force to identify Martin, who, on any other day, wouldn't have been there. And once they learned it was Martin, they had trouble figuring out where he was when the explosion happened. Some speculated he must have been standing near the main gate at the time of the overhead explosion because the sentry post there had been flattened and the guard inside killed. Others' news reports said he had hitched an unscheduled ride on the plane and was actually aboard at the time of the accident. His mother, Mary Jones, read about Arthur Ford in a newspaper, and she wrote to him asking if he would take their case, but she didn't give him any information about who they hoped to contact. Ford agreed, setting an appointment for November 27, 1964. As was typical, the séance began with Ford reclining on a chair, putting himself into a trance, and allowing his spirit guide Fletcher to take over. Fletcher revealed to the Joneses a little background about the other side. He said, I was a Roman Catholic. I used to think no one was going to heaven except Roman Catholics. Then I came here, and there are all kinds of people here, and I'm not in heaven yet. I hope to be someday. There's no one in hell either. So many people think you go straight to heaven or hell, but you don't do either one. You just keep on living. And if you develop a little good, you are free and happy. But heaven is to be with God, and that takes more than just dying, don't you know? Fletcher said he was surrounded by several spirits. But one that seemed eager to talk to the Joneses was a young person, someone in their 20s. Fletcher said, "'I have to wait till I pick it up. I cannot force it. I can't see whether it is a boy or a girl, man or woman, but I see a great light coming, which indicates I know how to interpret it. A great eagerness, a a great love rushing out, don't you see?' "'And I have a feeling I don't know how to interpret. "'It's like my body was hurt some way, you understand? "'Suddenly I felt the thought was thrown at me. "'I don't know where it comes from, "'but whatever it is that I'm talking about, "'something hit me, or I hit something, you understand?' "'Well, the Joneses vigorously agreed. "'Fletcher asked if it was some sort of automobile accident.' No, the parents said. This spirit is a child of yours, isn't it? Yes, they said. His body was crushed, Fletcher said. Maybe a train or a a car, maybe an airplane. Yes, an airplane, they said. Fletcher said it was an explosion, so unexpected nobody knew it was going to happen. He reassured the parents their son did not suffer. Then he returned to the memory of the accident. He said the son wasn't flying, that he was a passenger, with maybe four or five others on board. Right, the parents said, though eight in all, they said. It was a private plane, Fletcher said, not commercial, maybe a government plane. Yes, a government plane, the parents confirmed. Fletcher guessed the accident was not a result of war. An important distinction since Vietnam was going on at the time. And he said it happened recently, maybe two to four years before. Correct, the parents said, not in war and about two years before. Fletcher said he saw the ocean. He couldn't tell if it was the Atlantic or the Pacific. Yes, the parents said, an ocean. At first, Fletcher thought the sun was stationed in the east, but when the parents said no, he said it happened in the northwest, maybe Oregon or Washington. The parents said close, it was Alaska. Fletcher also identified a few other spirits who wanted to pass on greetings to the Joneses, including the two pastors that had baptized and buried their son. The one who baptized Martin as a babe was Reverend Bean, and Fletcher identified him by name. The Joneses were impressed he knew the name, but said they didn't think the Reverend Bean was dead. And yet, after they left Ford that day, they looked into it and were shocked to learn he had indeed died. Fletcher also mentioned a George who had conducted Martin's memorial service, That really impressed the Joneses, because Martin had called the Reverend Dr. Parkinson by his first name, George, ever since he was a boy. Fletcher closed with some encouraging words, trying to explain the connection between the dimensions of the living and the dead. He said, "'Martin was, and still is, your only son, because he hasn't moved to some other planet. He hasn't gone to some other place.'" In the spiritual body, he has simply come into another dimension. But it's a world that interpenetrates yours. It is like if you stop to think that this room and all the atmosphere around you right now is full of people and full of voices just as real as yours. They are living people, living and speaking. But until you turn on the TV, you can't see or hear them, can you? Well, that's the way we are. It's just an other dimension, another wavelength, so to speak. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Now, I mentioned there was a story this year in the Skeptical Inquirer where a writer named Lauren Pankrantz shed more light on that seance. In his attempt to prove it was all bunk, he said he got Ford's notebooks from his heirs and the official Air Force investigation of that fatal explosion. He pointed out that Ford had a lot of misses in the seance. Fletcher had tried to pass on greetings from other people to the Joneses, including a dead grandmother, someone named Lottie or Lockman, somebody else named Charlotte, an Elizabeth with cancer the parents didn't recognize any of them. The writer, Pankratz, called them fishing failures. Pankratz said a transcript of the seance also showed that Fletcher repeatedly avoided answering the questions by the parents to explain what their son was doing at the time of his death. After reading the news reports, I'm wondering if they still didn't know for sure whether their son was on the plane or or at the guard station, and were hoping for confirmation one way or the other. Pankratz also noted other problems. For instance, the accident did not happen within sight of the ocean. It was 300 miles inland. And Ford, or Fletcher, failed to name the son. After the parents gave him the name Martin halfway through the seance, Fletcher could only say, yes, I thought it started with an M. Pankratz does a much more thorough job of discrediting Ford, and I don't want to take away from all his revelations. You can look up his entire report at skepticalenquirer.com. He concluded, as many others have, that Ford's charm must have been just so overwhelming that people were willing to overlook his missus and be satisfied that he had the power to talk to the dead. As for the incident that catapulted Ford into the national spotlight, figuring out Houdini's coded message to his wife from the afterlife, it is widely agreed that was all hogwash. Bess initially endorsed Ford's claims, but later she repudiated them. Some biographers have speculated Bess had initially been motivated by romantic feelings for Ford and that she was a heavy drinker herself. Others have said her secret was no secret at all, that she had told others, so it wasn't really completely secure. One witness went as far to say Bess had given the secret to Ford herself to assure his success, and another said Ford once admitted as much himself. As a matter of fact, just two days after it was publicized that Ford had revealed the code, there was so much skepticism around the incident that Ford never pushed to collect on the $10,000 reward. In the 1970s, a famous Canadian writer and broadcaster known for his works concerning the paranormal, Alan Spraggett, did a biography on Arthur Ford, while Sprague was somewhat of an admirer, he said there is little doubt that Ford cheated, both deliberately and unconsciously. Ford's personal library, after his death, revealed extensive attempts to learn information about people prior to seances. Still, Spraggett argued that Ford was a legitimate American icon. He wrote, With all his virtues and vices, dedication and trickery, humorous and awe-inspiring moments, saintliness and sinfulness, and above all, his mysterious, ultimately indefinable powers, Arthur Ford was one of a kind, a great original. We shall not see his like again. David and Mary Jones said there was no way Arthur Ford could have obtained most of the material that he shared with them that he had given them information they didn't even know, like Reverend Bean's death, which they confirmed after the meeting. So, it certainly seems that for at least one Ohio couple, Arthur Ford's words brought comfort in grief. Their son Martin, by the way, is buried at Forest Hill Cemetery in Canton.
0: That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news clippings, and more on this and every episode hop on over to our website, ohiomysteries.com.
2: And that brings us to tonight's featured Ohio musical artist. Timmy the Boy is the stage name of Tim Pinter from Alliance in Northeast Ohio, Stark County. Timmy is 23 years old and started making music when he was just 17. He's experimented with rap and R&B, but he settled on music that he describes as indie alt-pop. He takes a lot of inspiration from Childish Gambino, Rex Orange County, and one of my favorites, Frankie Valli. Timmy said he really hit a stride with a live band and takes his reward when he sees the crowd's jaw drop and eyes light up as he does his thing. The song we're featuring tonight, Better Place, is about his girl. The lyrics are pretty literal, he said. There's no better feeling than waking up with the sunshine in your eyes next to the person you love.
0: Well, let's have another listen to Better Place by Timmy the Boy, and we'll see you here next week for another episode of Ohio Mysteries.
1: on the sky When your name pops on the call Say your name